welcome to episode 8 of Whiskey Talk from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. I'm Richard Goslin, editor of the Society's members magazine, Unfiltered. In this episode, we're travelling to Jerez to immerse ourselves in Spain's Sherry Triangle. The synergy between the worlds of whisky and sherry go back to the mid-1860s, when Scottish blenders discovered that whisky stored in sherry casks acquired what William Sanderson, of VAT69 fame, described at the time as a mellow softness and a pleasing tinge of colour. Since then, the demand for sherry casks has grown and grown, while the availability of barrels used to age sherry in the region's bodegas has shrunk. This has led to a parallel industry in and around Jerez, creating new casks specifically for the Scotch whisky industry, which are then seasoned to order. That means the region's cooperages are doing good business, creating barrels that will spend their early years in Jerez before ending up in Scotland. belonging to José y Miguel Martín in Huelva is a head-banging blur of activity as cask after cask takes shape before being filled with sherry and left to season. Company owner Miguel Martín runs a business that includes everything from sawmills to cooperages, wine and vinegar production and cask conditioning. I caught up with him at his bodega in Jerez to ask about the importance of having control over each step of the process when it comes to cask preparation and seasoning. Well, I think it's important to to control the process from the oak, which region the log comes from, to... It's very important as uh, there's many different oak species that give, will give uh, different tanning, different flavors, different color. And also a uh, dry period, uh, natural dry, that is important. And um, well, after, after making the cast, uh, a proper season it uh, according, to the, according to the whiskey that want to be made. Uh, special size or special uh, seasoning, uh, sherry style, or, well, it's different. It, it, it depends what you're looking for. You can uh, you can find different options for for whiskey maduration. And you you also have your sawmills, so you've you've, you've really kind of taken control of every aspect because I mean, there's so many variables. I suppose that you need to take into account. I think if you want to feel responsible, you have to. Uh, you have to look to control all the aspect of the uh, traceability, traceability of the of the product. Uh, so every small detail is, is important to for the final end. Uh, so you have to take everything under control about all the aspect. And we've seen those some some of those variables, for example, with the Spanish oak in particular it's much more challenging to work with than the American oak. Spanish oak uh, stock uh, in logs is very, very short uh, compared to uh, the American oak. Internal maduration is also very different. Uh, American oak uh, normally is used for the general oak in the world to be used for the uh, cooperage 
to mature, to mature bourbon cask or to mature uh, scotch whiskey as well. Spanish and also European oak is, uh, gives you a different maturation, more complexity, uh, more color. It doesn't mean that it's better or worse, it's just uh, another style. It depends, uh, it depends also from which uh, which uh, region of the, uh, in the world you will uh, mature whiskey. Uh, you will have to use different kind of oak. Uh, for one country, you will never, uh, you, you should never use, uh, in my opinion, uh, Spanish oak or European oak. It's better to use uh, American oak because it's the sweeter, uh, lighter in color, uh, more delicate. For cold country, maybe you need some additional tanning components to give you more complexity in the final product. So, so it depends on which whiskey you want to make. It depends on which kind of species of oak you have to use. Also, the size of the cast is important because in terms of short maturation, Finishing pretty well, uh, maybe hoggy, but in turn, in turn of a uh, normal maturation, a bat uh, could, could give you with time, could give you more uh, complexity. But it depends, it depends on the what you're looking for in the whiskey maturation, it depends on the size uh, of the cast and the whiskey that, that you made. But there's no uh, general. A general uh, uh, rules about it is it just depends. It depends on many factors as, as well as humidity, temperature, altitude. So it, it, many things affect to the whiskey maturation. No, not only the the cast or the species of oak. It's, there's a lot of more factor to be to be accounting the. In the in the final process. Yeah, absolutely. And if, how important has a cask creation and conditioning become for the whiskey industry as part of the, the, the lifeblood of Jerez and, and what, what you do here? Well, I think it's different. Uh, and maybe in some sense could be a compliment for wineries. Uh, but well, uh, producing sherry and seasoning casks to different, to different words. Uh, at some point, they can find each other, uh, making blends and uh, making another products. But uh, seasoning whiskey, uh, sorry, seasoning casks for whiskey maduration. Well, it's a, it's a good help for the for the region to um, make jobs uh, in the region for the, for the Cooperiches um, and also wineries. It's, well, it's a, yes, it's a compliment for, in that sense. And any particular challenges of working with the whiskey industry or is it quite harmonious? How would you describe working relations or challenges that you have working uh, with the whiskey world? Uh, with the whiskey world, it's always interesting the, for me, uh, for me, the, to be working with the whiskey uh, and making experimental with the whiskey and see the whiskey maturation is uh, well, it's been my life and it's, uh, it's what I really like. So, 
for me it's a big, it's a great job and it's a great choice to do it because it's what I really love yeah. in the in my work. And you were at Glenfiddich as a tour guide as a young man, so you've got a, a long connection with the whiskey whiskey world as well. In those days, where was when I started uh, loving the whiskey? It was uh, some morning, uh, some early morning when I used to go arrive to the distillery, and it was quite cold and windy, and then I have uh, I started having getting my my first uh, drums of whiskey just when I arrived. So I feel uh, at the beginning, uh, uh, whiskey, uh, you can lie or not, but after after a few times, you start to appreciate uh, uh, what is whiskey, the nose, the taste. Uh, after the, the smell of the distillery is going to your head, uh, it is something that I really, I really love it. I really love to see the distilleries. Uh, I really love to to know to to smell this uh, the nose of the warehouses uh, of the whiskey maturing, even the in the distillery the fermentation. Yeah, well, it brings a part of my memories. I like it and I love it and I love and I love also in those days when I was a, a young guy that I enjoy really working at the distillery. Really, I love it. Well, it's a pleasure for us to visit your part of the world and find out about uh, Sherry as well. And uh, yeah, long may the synergy between the two worlds continue. Okay. Thank you very much, Miguel. Okay, thank you. Thank you. José y Miguel Martán is one of several businesses which are benefiting from a growing relationship with the whisky world and a seemingly insatiable demand for sherry casks. Another is Vasima, which built a huge new cask seasoning warehouse last year and which is already brimming over with casks due for shipping to Scotland. That's enough to make owner Ventura Núñez a happy man, as I found out on our visit to his bodega. Well, we are happy with our business. I think we are doing a good job. And uh, as a proof, our customers are uh, responding favorably to our good job. And uh, we, have, uh, we have increased demand uh, recently. And uh, the new bodega, uh, it is uh, a good asset uh, for our company. And now, in a very short time, is uh, full of new cask. And uh, now, uh, at, at this very moment, we have uh, we are shipping uh, the first uh, sherry season cask to Scotland. So we are glad about that. Yeah. And how much of your business does the kind of cask preparation, cask seasoning? How much of that uh, is a proportion of that is your business nowadays? Uh, we have two companies. We have uh, the Cooperage and uh, Wine Spirit Company, but uh, my uh, uh, turnover in the, the Cooperage is uh, by far uh, more than the Wine Spirit. And we have um, around eighty uh, percent is a Cooperage business, of which uh, practically seventy percent is for just one account. And uh, we're seeing also here some 
casks which have come from here to Scotland, been used in the whisky industry, and now they're back in Jerez. So there seems to be more, even more synergy between, between the casks coming back and forth between the countries. Well, uh, cars from uh, Scotland back to Jerez, back home, uh, it has uh, been a practice for years, for ages. Um, in the past, it used to be much more volume. Now, um, it's not so much. Uh, just very small uh, parcels come back from Scotland, but they are looking for their special market. The special market they have is a domestic market in Spain. It goes to small wineries that uh, they cannot afford to buy new casks, and the only way they have to replace their cask stocks is to buy a used cask, which were originally sherry, and we try to recover them uh, for the sherry market again. It's nice to see, and it was also nice to see the St Andrews cross the saltire flag of Scotland flying above your distillery, but it's maybe not purely because it's our Scottish flag. I understand it's also because St San Andres is the patron saint of the, the, Cooper, the Cooper worker, the Cooper. Uh, you're right. Uh, well, first of all, it's uh, um, as a as a honor to, to, to Scotland, that is, uh, Scotland is our main customer, but also we must not forget that St. Andrew is a local saint that uh, represents the wineries and the vintage and the wine and the Coopers, uh, uh, especially the Coopers. The Coopers uh, founded the Coopers Kill some 400 years ago under the name of the patron saint uh, St. Andrew, San Andres, yes. And there is an Spanish saying that uh, by San Andres Day, the wine, uh, the must become wine. Por San Andres, el mosto vino es, in Spanish. <laughs> Over at Tevasa Cooperage, owner Narcisco Fernandez Uturospe gives us an overview of the different characteristics of American oak and Spanish oak for whisky maturation. The, the Spanish oak, Spanish oak are Robur. Uh, it's one species of Kerkus, the American is Kerkus alba, uh, and the uh, Spanish oak uh, have more tannins, more flavors, more color, more color, and the, the product normally is, uh, it, it contains characters, more dries, chocolate, nuts, and, and also more tannins. What does, that, what does that mean in terms of the whiskey? That, uh, in in terms of whiskey, the sherry, the sherry cags from Spain, from Spain oak, are more color and more nuts and chocolate. The sherry cags with American oak are more vanilla, more fresh, more apple, banana. It's not different. But uh, Spanish oak is, is harder to work with, isn't it? It's, it's more yes. complex. It's more, more complex because it's more imperfect. It's more cylinder and more perfect the American oak. And the Spanish oak has more, more problems. But it's, it's another species of oak. It's worth the effort. <laughs> yes, it's more effort. Our visit coincides with the harvest and seasonal workers picking grapes by hand under the blazing Andalusian sky. At least the signs are good, according to this farmer, who tells me how happy he is with the quality of the grapes. 
Buena, muy buena, mucha calidad, muy buena. Un buen sherry. Muy bueno, muy bueno. Este año va a ser una gran cosecha. Exacto. Este año va a ser muy bueno, muy bueno. To understand sherry, its incredible range of varieties and its influence in Scotch, you have to have a tasting. We visited Jiménez Espinola to meet winemaker José Antonio Zarzana and his wife Laura Murphy, where they specialise in a range of wines made only from the Pedro Jiménez grape. Society members have already had the opportunity to appreciate our whisky matured in their casks, and we're delighted to tell you there are more in the way. So these casks are destined to come to the society before too long? Yes, yeah. yes, they will. We try to, the, to show that the Pedro Ximenez is only a type of grape, not a type of wine. Uh, and, and now you are going to try different wines uh, where you can try a fino, a montillado, still white wine, still wine with residual sugar, sweet wine but not very dark, you know. Uh, for me, the, this grape is the typical grape of my family. Uh, my family has been working in these uh, grapes uh, the last uh, eight generations uh, in Pedro Jiménez, and it is very important uh, to defend what you know. I, I don't know about it, any other grape. <laughs> José Antonio's passion is part of the pride that both the winemakers and the cooperages in Jerez have for their own products and for the part they play in the wider world of Scotch whisky. It's a fascinating, alluring and seductive part of the world and even if you don't get the opportunity to travel there yourself, at least pour yourself a sherry-matured society whisky and raise your glass to the synergy between our two worlds and look out for many more great Sherry-influenced bottlings coming from the Society in the future. Until next time on Whiskey Talk, cheers and salud. Salud.